Welcome to the Epicenter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Epicenter Church, visit epicenterchurch.com.au. If we're aware of what it is that's building into us, we can have a, at least a better idea of what we're going to be down the track. So if we're allowing bitterness or hate or anything of the sort to build us as a person, then we can nearly guarantee down the track that's the person that we're going to turn into. But rather, if we're allowing something else to build us, which obviously that's what the series is about, is love, being Jesus, to build into us, then we've got a better idea of what we are going to look like in the next 10 years. And that is what Jesus is wanting to do in and through us. So that's the premise of the series. So I'm going to pray and then we'll get straight into it. All right, so Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share what I feel that you've placed on my heart to share, God, um, regarding this. And Father, I pray that we're all, um, as people, Jesus, deliberate in stepping out and allowing you to build into us, Father, that you can transform us, that you can mold us into who it is that you're wanting us to become, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So if we go to the first slide, it is simply this. First, the title of this sermon today is in the first of the series is Love Builds Bridges. Has anyone heard a statement similar to that being said to you? Build a bridge and get over it. Anyone had that said to them? Have you noticed, maybe this only happens to me, that when that gets said to you, you want to punch them in the face? Is that correct? Because it's it's normally said by the person that just hurt you, isn't it? No, maybe not all the time, but most of the time when it's been said to me, it's the person that hurt me, did something against me, whatever it was that I've said something, I'm like, that wasn't fair, that wasn't right. Like, build a bridge, get over it. And it doesn't help. It doesn't make anything better at all. You, you, you want to go a little bit further than what they did to you and inflict a lot of pain. Would that be somewhat correct? It's, just, it's not a helpful statement, is it? Build a bridge, just, just get over it. And so simply what they're trying to say is just get over the problem. There's no problem. Just deal with it. Just get over it. Just, just move on from it. And theoretically, it's kind of a, a nice idea. Like there's some truth in it that I think we should be moving forward through our issues. But generally when it's said, it's said in a way that just, ah, oh, it just irritates maybe just me anyways. But what I've discovered in my life is this, that forgiveness isn't always easy. Because generally what they're saying when they say, build a bridge and get over it, you need to forgive and you need to get on. But I've discovered that forgiveness isn't always that easy. Specifically, I've found in the heat of the moment, you know that moment where you're angry. They have irritated you. So my wife called Sage every now and then. She irritates me, makes me exceedingly angry. And in the heat of the moment, or if she does something or however, I actually sometimes, not all the time, struggle to forgive. Anyone experience this? In the heat, maybe for you it's not the heat of the moment, it's just all the time. Maybe it's you just, you're perfect and you never have a problem with it. But for me, in the heat of the moment, I really struggle with forgiving someone, specifically in, the, in that instant. And I've actually had this, this thought go through my head that no, I'm not going to forgive them because why should I? Because they, at this moment, like they're not even asking for forgiveness, they're not even um, being repentant of it at all, they're just... Being a downright sod. And at that moment, I'm like, why should I even bother forgiving you? Why should I even bother like moving through this? Has anyone else experienced that? The, the struggle of wanting to, of maybe 
doing it. And what I've discovered also that you don't have to be a rocket science to realize that everyone will struggle with this to, to some degree. Everyone will struggle with having to forgive someone. Maybe it's not a deep struggle for you. Maybe it's an exceedingly struggle, but every, every one of us will struggle with forgiveness because we're all human and we all have to interact with humans. And something that I have noticed interacting with people all my life is that people upset you. People hurt you. People do something that's not kind, that's not fair, that's not whatever, because that's the nature of people. Sometimes they mean it, sometimes they don't mean it. But it can be mum or dad. It can be your brothers or sisters. Perhaps it was something that was said, something that wasn't said, or something that was done, or something that wasn't even done. It can be friends can irritate you. It can be work colleagues. It can be bosses. It can be just complete strangers. It's a rarity for it to be a complete stranger. It's normally those closest to you are the ones that we struggle with forgiving, but they're just people. But it goes deeper than that because it's not just people that hurt us that tell us to build a bridge and get over it, but it moves further than that and it is organizations will do it. Some of us, perhaps some people watching, struggle with organizations. Organizations, it could be the church, it could be school system. It could be the law, it could be whatever the system is or the institution has in some way done something, said something that's inflicted a wound, that's inflicted pain. And the truth is this, that none of us get out of primary school, let alone life, without being hurt. Whether it's a deep hurt, whether it's a small hurt, none of us get out of anything without even slightly getting through it. And perhaps the struggle generally arises because something that was either said or done that we just can't move past. And it gets us into this place where we're just grappling and struggling to move forward in life, move forward to want to forgive. Perhaps for some of us here, the question is this, when we start talking about forgiveness and, and moving over bridges, the thought that comes to your head is, why should I do it? which I think is a great question. They did this. Why should I do it? They're not deserving of it. They've never asked for forgiveness. They've never even shown a slightest bit of change. Why should I forgive? And, and I think all of us could nearly agree there's maybe a handful of things that could be done to someone in a life that like, if we're to look at it as just complete humans, like forget the Bible. If we look at it complete humans and say that's, that's as close, or that is unforgivable. Can, like, I know I can think of some things that could be done to me or done to someone else that that would be an exceedingly great challenge to move through forgiveness. Could everyone think of something? That, that, like, and I'm not saying that that's right, but what I'm trying to say is that we all struggle with, and there's some things that as humans, it's, it's exceedingly difficult to reconcile and want to bring forgiveness into because of the trauma that it brings into our lives. And I think perhaps a great question there, that if that's you and you're asking that is, why should I forgive them? Because they did this. That is unforgivable. Why should I forgive them? Why should I forgive mom? Why should I forgive dad? Why should I forgive the complete stranger or my uncle? Or why should I forgive the institution? Or why, like this whole host of questions that come with a why, specifically when it's forgiveness. And I think it is a great question and something that I think at times we've all all battled with. Why should I forgive? They don't deserve it, so why? So if we go to the first slide, I think Jesus has a lot to say about this, specifically forgiveness. So Luke 17 from verse 1, it says this, One day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin. Say temptations to sin. 
Fantastic. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must sin. I find it so unique that Jesus starts this discussion with his disciples with, there will always be temptations to sin. You can take that slide down. And then when, you, when we read it in context, everything that Jesus is talking about here, he's talking about forgiving people. And so the sin that, he's, that Jesus is referring to is called not the action of, but rather it is not forgiving. There's always going to be temptations to not want to forgive because there's always going to be struggles that we go through. There's always going to be someone that inflicts an exceedingly deep wound in our heart. There's always going to be temptations not to forgive. None of us are immune to it. We're all going to struggle with it. We're all going to go through, to it, go through it. So that's the, the sin that Jesus is talking about, not forgiving, if we can go to the next slide. And I think this is what forgiveness or unforgiveness creates in us. And this is why Jesus is talking about it. It's because, number one, unforgiveness creates a festering heart. So if, if I was to put a cut on my arm and then put dirt in there and all sorts of things and, and didn't actively try to heal it, what would happen to it? It would begin to fester. It would begin to decay. Like all sorts of nasty things would start taking place. We start to fester. Our hearts do that. When we have unforgiveness in our hearts, what it does is it creates a festering heart that wounds us. And it generally outworks in, in bitterness and, and, and resentment, which is all, all there and all these other things. That if we don't release forgiveness, unforgiveness creates a heart that starts to fester. It takes the wound and then it starts to fester. And then it starts putting barriers up. And barriers do two things, which we'll get to the second a little bit later on. But to start with, barriers go up, and part of those barriers that protect us so someone doesn't come in, but it also stops us from going forward anywhere. It puts up resentment. A festering heart will allow barriers and then resentment, and unforgiveness will allow resentment and give a way for resentment to come in against that person. But what I've noticed is that resentment normally after a while, when unforgiveness goes on, it starts to reflect itself on multiple people as well. But the big thing that it does is this. It creates an inability to move forward unforgiveness if left untreated if left undealt with we're creating a festering heart that inflicts a wound that deep that we won't be able to move forward we'll get bogged down stuck where we are not that we can't walk with our legs but that we can't move forward physically i mean not physically emotionally and spiritually we get stuck where we are we can't move forward into the future if we go to the next slide i think we struggle with unforgiveness for this reason and dealing specifically with some pastoral issues with different people is this we have this idea that forgiveness is trust so i can't forgive them because i can't trust them they did this to me they're not worthy of trust forgiveness isn't trust Forgiveness is something completely different from trust, but trust has to be earned. So because someone has done something, because if you release forgiveness, doesn't mean that you trust them. Trust needs to be earned, just like respect is something that is earned. Forgiveness is not trust. It is not respect. All of these is, all those things, those two things are something that must be built, that must be earned in an individual. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's 
if we have to get to the point where we have to forget everything to forgive, then we won't remember anything. Forgiveness is not at all forgetting. Forgiveness definitely isn't condoning, saying that it's all right or the action was okay. It is not excusing and it is definitely not releasing of accountability. So say if a woman was raped by a man, she could forgive him but still prosecute. He, he can still be held accountable. Any wrong that is done can still be held accountable and you can still have forgiveness come in. You see, we've got this idea that forgiveness means that it's like hippie peace love where there's, there's no accountability. It's condoning it. It's, it's just completely wiping it away to where they don't get held responsible for what they've done. But forgiveness doesn't equate to trust. It doesn't equate, equate to respect. And it certainly doesn't excuse Accountability. Forgiveness is, is simply this. It is a decision to release resentment or vengeance. It's a, it's a decision. It's a deliberate decision. You can drop that slide. It's a decision that we choose to do. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not something that just comes up out of us. Sometimes it will. But forgiveness is 90% of the time it's a choice, specifically when it is a deep set wound that has been inflicted on our heart and it's a struggle. Forgiveness is a choice that sometimes we have to make daily. Sometimes we have to make minutely. Minutely. Is that a word? It's a word now. So sometimes we have to make that decision consistently throughout the day. And sometimes that decision of not holding that against them perhaps doesn't look like it. Start going to that person saying, hey, you know what? I forgive you. Sometimes that starting first steps with that forgiveness is mumbling under your breath when that thought comes to mind, I release forgiveness towards them. I release the emotions of vengeance. I release the emotions of resentment against them. It's something deliberate we step into that we release. If we go to the next slide, forgiveness is this. Forgiveness empowers you to recognize the pain you suffered without letting that pain define you. Forgiveness should move us to a place where we're not defined by the pain of the past, but rather we're defined by what's coming for us in the future that is positive, that Jesus has got in store for us. You see, unforgiveness does the opposite. Unforgiveness takes us to a place where we are defined by an action, a word, a deed, whatever it is of the past. We become defined by that rather than defined by our future, what Jesus has in store for us. Unforgiveness will always keep us remained stationary in the past, whereas forgiveness wants to thrust us into the future. And Jesus goes on if we go to the next verse, and he says this, the apostles said to, said to Jesus, after he's talked about forgiving, he's, the apostles say to Jesus, Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Because what they're saying here is, this is nearly impossible. And some of us will be saying the same thing. Forgiving someone or forgiving that person for doing this is nearly impossible. And so they're asking, like what we sometimes ask is, how on earth do I do that? Specifically, why should I do that? And Jesus answers this. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may it be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. An interesting note there, specifically with the mulberry tree, you can drop the slide, is that Jewish rabbis had this opinion that the roots of a mulberry tree would be buried in the ground for 600 years. They would remain in the ground for 600 years. So that mulberry tree, its roots would outlive it. That mulberry tree that Jesus was talking about, 
would outlive anyone there. Sometimes we have this opinion on this verse that is talking about all the things that we can do with this faith as small as a mustard seed, which I believe it has got something to do with that, but it's got more to do with forgiveness and where one's planted than what it has to do with actions or outworkings of faith. Haven't we all experienced this? Someone whose forgiveness or unforgiveness has outlasted them. Like they've, they've taken it to the grave. Has anyone experienced a family like that? Where bitterness, resentment, oppression, unforgiveness just goes through the family. For those of you that like Western movies, which may not be many of you, but there was a TV series. It wasn't aired on TV. I think it was HBO or something like that. Uh, it was called Hatfields and the McCoys. It's a, it's a true story. Does anyone know that I'm talk- what I'm talking about? So the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, there, there was a disagreement took place at the Civil War between two men. And so there was this fight that erupted out of that. And the whole two families, like it started with two men and then it spread to the kids, the uncles, everyone. And these two families all would fight each other. They, would, they were killing each other. This went on, not for one generation, but for several generations. And I think, I think it was somewhere in the 30s. So this started in the 1800s and somewhere I think it was in the 1930s, the two families, the Hatfields and the McCoys, got together to sign a peace treaty to say that this is finished, this is over, this vendetta against one another is finished. Like those roots that those two individuals sowed outlived them and was passed on to several generations after them. What, what we plant will have greater effects than what it does just on us. It'll have larger effects on the people around us. See, we've got this idea sometimes that inheritance is just about kids, but inheritance is something that happens to anyone that's following you. They get left an inheritance. They pick up the inheritance that you're leaving. So we have this choice as to what we're and where we're allowing ourselves to be planted in position. So what Jesus is saying is that offense, that unforgiveness, if you don't release forgiveness, that will bury its roots down deep. If we can go to the next slide. What happens when there's a tree planted in the ground is when that seed is initially dropped, what does it do? It starts sprouting from both directions. One starts heading up and the other one starts heading down. And so that seed, as it's coming up, as it's producing fruit or the the fruit that's coming out of it, which is the tree, it starts burying roots down deep. And so when a wound turns up, when someone hurts us, what it is, it's similar to this. Keep the slide up. It's like we're walking along our road, our journey, our direction. There's nothing wrong with the path. And then all of a sudden this chasm turns up because someone or something has hurt us. They've said something, they've done something, regardless of what it is, something's turned up that has hurt us immensely. And it's like this big ravine turns up and we've got the opportunity to build a bridge or plant a seed. When we plant that seed, its roots start Bearing down and roots look like this. It looks like bitterness, resentment, anger, blame, disappointment, offense. All these things start burying themselves into the ground and holding themselves there. This is not a mulberry tree, but this is a chili tree. 
And so like you got the slide you had with the, with the pictures on it, but you can see roots start spreading out everywhere. Have you noticed that for anyone that's held resentment to anyone for a period of time, that it normally starts with one root? It just, it's that, that root starts bearing down straight. But then after a while, there's more roots start turning up because you discover more about them that you don't like. So it starts with one thing. It might, might have been that that person spoke exceedingly rude to you or they did this to you. And so it's one root starts going down. It starts heading down and planting itself and you decide not to deal with, deal with it and you decide not to do anything with it. And then after a while, that one main root that's heading down has forks that start coming out of it. They start going each direction. And, and it started with, I didn't like what that person said as a practical example. Then it's, I don't like how they act. I don't like how they treat their partner. I don't like how they interact with other people. I, and all these things start becoming a bitterness that starts building itself and grabbing itself into the ground and holding us there. If they're, perhaps it's something bigger, then the issues look different. But the reality is, regardless of what the issue is, that we all start planting roots. Well, what I've also discovered is generally is this, that when you start planting a root for a particular person and you don't deal with that, anyone that turns up that's somewhat similar, the same offense comes over to them. And you struggle with them and you've got an offense or a hurt towards them or towards that organization. And it's more... Roots that bury you and keep you stationary. You see, any time there's a split in the road, like say the Grand Canyon just opens up in front of us, we can't go around it. We've got a choice to start building a bridge and walking across it or to start burying roots. How many of us have experienced that old man or old lady and they're just bitter? Why do you think they're bitter? Because at some point in their life, they came to a ravine and they said, I'm not going to build a bridge. I'm going to bury some roots. Someone hurt them or something hurt them. I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to build a bridge. I am going to bury my roots and I'm going to stay here. I'm going to allow bitterness and offense to bury itself deep in my life. And so at the end of their life, what are they? They're bitter. They're hurt. They're upset. They're angry. And a lot of time, once you get to that point, you don't even know why you're hurt, why you're upset, what you're angry about. You just know that you're angry. But it all came because there was a point in time where there was a wound done by an organization or an individual that said, you'll either build a bridge from here or you'll start burying your roots here. What I've discovered in my journey with forgiveness and I'm not trying to say that I've gone through a lot of of really hurtful stuff in my life compared to what other people have gone through. I'm I'm not at all trying to say that at all. But what I've discovered is bridges aren't automatically just built. Specifically with some of those things that hurt us greater than just a, a cruel word. Bridges aren't just built in a second, in an instant. It's built one plank at a time. If we can go to that last slide. Now, this bridge has got plank, 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 plank. It does actually look good. It's probably the, the, the worst illustration that I could have used for uh, like a ravine of tragedy. But that's what I've discovered. When I come to a bridge to build, it happens 
One step at a time, one piece at a time, you can drop the slide now. One moment at a time where I have a choice of, I get up in the morning and that person's on my mind. I have a choice to right then, right there, either bury roots or start building a bridge. And some of the things that I've gone through, it's meant daily that I've had to say, I forgive that person. Daily, I forgive that person. Daily, I forgive that person. In some instances, I've had to do it several times a day. Every time that thought came up, every time that feeling of resentment towards him would come up, I'd have to say, I forgive this person for this. I forgive that for that, whatever it is. And you're building your bridge one plank at a time with the idea of I'm going to continue my journey forward to what God has got in store for me rather than burying my roots deep here and remaining here and not moving. We all want to move forward in life. We all want to keep going forward. We talked about this last week. No one wants to get to the end of their life and it's ended up remaining stationary. We all want to keep moving forward. And something I've discovered with forgiveness is that forgiveness has very little benefit for the offender. It has some benefit for the offender, the person that offended you, but it has very little benefit for them really. Because that's a, a moment in time that they hurt you. I'm not trying to put it aside and say that moment of time wasn't exceedingly destructive or hurtful or anything, but that was a moment of time that can potentially keep you there for the rest of your time. But forgiveness has very little benefit for them, but it has every benefit for you. It has every benefit for you because when we release forgiveness, we start building a bridge that continues us forward from the past but when we choose to stay in unforgiveness we do the opposite and we remain buried right where we are choosing not to go across our bridge forgiveness like we said before it isn't trusting it isn't saying that i trust you it isn't saying that i respect you it isn't saying that what you did is okay it is not saying any of the above what he's doing is saying i am choosing not to be defined by an action of someone else of the past that's going to keep me here but i am rather going to be defined by the future that jesus has for me and i'm going to step into that i'm going to step into the forgiveness that he has in store for me the benefit is this that our children grow up understanding a lifestyle of forgiveness as opposed to a lifestyle of bitterness. Those around us grow up and get to know a lifestyle of forgiveness rather than a lifestyle of bitterness. It's easy to choose resentment. It's easy to choose bitterness. But it's not easy to choose forgiveness. It's not easy to choose walking into that. It's not easy to choose to build that bridge when that bridge is exceedingly painful. What has this got to do with love built this? I think that love, which is Jesus, love wants to continue to see us move forward into what he's got in store for us. God has got a plan and a purpose for every single one of us, but some of us never reach that because we've allowed ourselves to be buried. For, for some of us, our relationships are falling apart because we've allowed ourselves to be buried. That could be relationship with friends, with family. That could be relationship with children, 
with brothers or sisters, whoever it is, that we can't move forward in that because we've allowed ourselves to be buried. The dreams, the visions, the desires, the plans that Jesus has placed on your heart to do, some of us can't step into them because we won't let go of the hurt of the past. Until we let go of the hurt of the past that has been inflicted upon us, we can't step into the future that Jesus has in store for us. So I believe that love wants to build in us the very opposite of roots. He wants to build in us, or perhaps exactly roots, but roots that are planted in the ocean, like what he said in the parable, rather than it's planted in solid ground. So it's planted in the ocean and there's constant waters moving under it. It's not stationary. It's not held fixed where it is, but it's allowing itself to be carried across the other side of the ravine to deal with it. And ultimately... We get to forgive because Jesus forgave us. The reality is this. Perhaps you've been hurt exceedingly bad and you're asked the question, why should I forgive them? Chances are they don't deserve, deserve to be forgiven. But I can tell you this, that you deserve to move forward into the future that Jesus has in store for you. Jesus is asking you, he's encouraging you, he's urging you to release that forgiveness, to daily do just that so that you can continue to move forward into what it is that he has in store for you. How about you stand up? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Please subscribe to hear more sermons from Epicenter Church.